When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best traditional storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. It's freezing here in New Hampshire right now. I've been told that the Farmer's Almanac is warning us of a long and extremely cold winter. And boy, is it ever cold. It's the hottest part of the day right now, and it's 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which in real money is minus 12 degrees centigrade. It's so cold, it's silly. So there I was, walking through the woods with Mo, of course, bouncing along beside me, sniffing at all the things that she loves to sniff at, her tail alternately between pointed and wagging. Heading up the hill, Mo got slower and slower until she stopped and looked at me with her big orange eyes as if to say, Really? You're making me walk up hill in this rubbish weather? Okay, let's head on this trail here then. Halfway up, there is another trail which cuts across the side of the hills to a lookout. The trail is more sheltered from the wind there. And if it's not blowing towards the lookout, well, even if the wind is blowing towards the lookout, the view there is fabulous. But you have to be careful, though, as it's a large drop to some very rocky ground below. Not many people take this trail at this time of the year because it's not long and it's an in-and-out trail. Well, it's supposed to be. So we headed in. Mo bounced and bounded through the snow, but she knows that there are lots of rocks, so there was no running, just careful bounding. But me, well, I caught my foot between two stones and tumbled over, hit some ice, and then slid down the bumpy hillside. I was able to turn myself from face first to feet first, and my backpack, well, that saved my back. But my bottom was not happy, and getting colder every foot I slid down the hill over the ice and through the snow, until I was able to stop. I looked up, and Mo barked at me from above. I saw a trail not far from where I lay. I looked back up. I did not want to try to go up the hill through the snow, so I called Mo down. Mo was a lot slower than I was coming down, waddling and stepping carefully. She's a very clever dog. I stood up and shook the snow off me, opened my jacket a little and got the snow from under my coat and scraped it out from my legs of my trousers. By the time I was done, Mo was knocking my leg with her nose. I could see the trail led in the direction of the bottom of the lookout. So off we went. But the trail ran around a bit and we found ourselves far from the base of the lookout point and at a steaming pond. Mist vapours lifted off the surface. I could see fish swimming about. The water was so clear. I took off my glove and put my hand in. It was warm. It felt so good. Mo, she sniffed it and began to drink. 
Then we heard a sound. We have a delicious show for you today, and our first storyteller could be called Lord Tim. I think he should be called Lord Tim. Tim Lowry is a southern gentleman, drinks sweet tea, and is most comfortable in seersucker and bow ties. Bow ties are cool, remember? Today, let your ears relax into Tim's wonderful voice as he regales you with the tale, the monkey and the bananas. Once upon a time, in the country of Brazil, there was a little old lady who had a fine garden behind her home. On one side of her garden, she had many rows of vegetables, and on the other side of her garden, she had many rows of flowers. And being a Brazilian garden, across the back of the garden, there was a long row of banana trees. At the right time of year, the trees would grow big stalks of bananas, and you could break down the heavy stalks of bananas and take them to the market and sell them. But this lady was very old, and she was very bent and crippled, and she could no longer climb up into those trees and break down the stalks of bananas. One day, while she was standing in her garden, she noticed beyond the garden in the jungle. A big brown monkey swooping through the trees, swinging from vine to branch and branch to vine, and she thought to herself, "Oh, that monkey! He would be a good helper for me. Why, he could climb into those banana trees as easy as could be." And so she called to the monkey, "Lalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalal
and he was carrying a basket of bananas balanced on his head. The monkey let go of the vine and landed with a plop right there in the road in front of the little wax boy, and he said, Hey, boy, how about you give me one of those bananas? But, of course, the boy was a statue. He wasn't real, so he didn't say anything. The monkey asked again, Come on, boy, share, give me one of those bananas. Well, the wax boy didn't move a muscle. He wasn't real. He couldn't even speak. The monkey tried one last time. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> please, <laughs> give me one of those bananas. The wax boy still didn't move. Uh, that hurt the monkey's feelings. He had said please and everything. And so finally he said, <laughs> Boy, <laughs> if you don't give me one of those bananas, I'll hit you with my fist. The wax boy didn't move. And so the monkey balled up his little brown fist and he socked the statue right in the head. And when he did, his fist sank into the soft wax and it was stuck. <laughs> you let go, boy. You let go. You let go now or I'll hit you again. The wax boy didn't move. And so the monkey balled up his other fist and socked him again. Whack. Now his other fist was stuck in the soft wax. You let go, boy. You let go now, or I'll kick you with my foot. The wax boy didn't say a word, and the monkey lifted his leg and kicked hard. <laughs> let go, boy. You let go now. I'll kick you with my other foot. <laughs> and then the monkey butted the wax boy statue with his head. He was all sucked up in that gummy wax, and he could not move. He was trapped. Well, all the other monkeys in the jungle heard his screams, and they came swooping through the jungle, and they landed in the road, and they gathered around him. They wanted to help their friend, but they weren't sure what to do about it. And so they formed a committee to discuss it. <laughs> Finally, the oldest monkey in the tribe said he knew what to do. He sat down in the middle of the road. He just sat. And then... Another monkey climbed on top of his head and sat down on his head. He just sat. And then a third monkey climbed on top of those two and sat down on the topmost monkey's head. He just sat. And a fourth monkey climbed on top of those three and just sat. And a fifth monkey climbed on top of those four. And a sixth monkey climbed on top of those five. And a seventh monkey climbed on top of those six. And the monkeys kept stacking themselves higher and higher and higher until finally the smallest monkey in the tribe was so far up in the sky he could talk to the sun. And when he told the sun their problem, the sun started to shine very, very brightly. The sun was so bright that day there were no shadows at all. And the hot sun melted the wax from the monkey's fur. The wax ran out onto the ground, and then the monkey saw that was no real boy. It was just a statue made of wax. And they climbed up into the trees and went swooping off through the jungle, and they never came back to bother that old lady or her bananas ever again. This week's fairy tale sponsor is St. Clement's Fruit Market. Keep scurvy away and go to St. Clement's Fruit Market. This week's special is citrus. Get your five farthings worth now while stocks last. Rings on your fingers and bells on your toes. Stop being distracted by your devices and get there now. Old Bailey Credit Union also have an ATM inside, so if you need an extra five farthings worth, 
Interest rates may be high and subject to change. All services inclusive and withholding of Shoreditch and Stepney beware of choppings and beheadings. St. Clemens Fruit Market. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast have special fairy tale talents? Remember the talents that Julie, Anna and Bella got, and Jessica, Jake and Chloe, and Benjamin got, and those that Jean and Judith got? You too could have a special fairy tale talent, and if you want a unique fairy tale ability, then become a patron for as little as four dollars. And you'll be a patron of the arts. To join the story supporters, go to storystorypodcast.com for more information. And if you want to hear us make up fairy tale facts about you and thank you for an episode, then become a supporter now. It's only the cost of an artisan coffee. As Mo was lapping up some of that warm water and I was pulling my glove back on, we heard a sound. Crouching as I was, and with a heavy pack on my back, I half turned to see what it was and nearly fell in the pool. Do you ever have days like that when everything seems a little wonky and wobbly? Deer ran between the trees towards us. Not one or two, but twenty or so. Charging us, it seemed. Mo went berserk, barking and leaping at them, protecting me as the deer ran past us and around the pond. They weren't trying to get us, I realised. But they had been spooked by something in the woods. Then I saw it, stumbling towards us, swaying this way and that, moving its body about in a strange way, muffled sounds coming from its direction. It was a fox, but it was covered in feathers. I would not have known what it was if I had not seen its tail, the bright red brush with a white tip, and its snout. The noise the fox was making was in its attempt to get feathers out of its mouth and off its body. Mo barked again, and the fox froze and looked at us. What? You never seen a fox covered in feathers before? Uh, no, I replied to the fox. Well, now you have. May I ask how you got covered in feathers? I'd say no, but you'd still ask. The fox was kind of grumpy but I suppose I would be too if I were covered in feathers in the woods in the freezing cold. That ridiculous pointy-eared Lepus Americanus got me. The fox grabbed a couple more feathers and spat them out. Oh, just passing through, looking for somewhere to spend the next couple of days. He must have been watching me coming and going. He had made some traps. One wire I caught on my claws tipped a bucket of maple syrup all over me. And then, and then he pulled a cord and it dropped a bag of feathers from a basket over my head. The stinker. A snow hare? Wow, I haven't seen a snow hare here before, and you won't if I get my paws on it. This pond here is fed by a hot spring. I can help you wash yourself off if you want. What? Do I look like a child? I can wash myself off. Just hold on to that dog of yours. I took hold of Moe's harness and held her close whispering in her ear to be nice. The fox spat out some more feathers and walked towards the pond. Don't let go. I know your kind. What, what kind is that? I asked. Humankind. I won't let go. Mo whined and whimpered, but stayed close and didn't try to struggle. The fox watched us and moved to the edge of the pond about ten feet away from us and then dived in. It swam about in the water and the feathers started to come off and float about in the pond. 
swirling and turning in circles. The fox tried to shake itself as it swam, which didn't really work. The feathers floated towards the edge of the pond, and then the fox came out. I had taken the leash from my dog and tied Mo to a branch of a bush. I went back to my bag and found a large cloth. Let me dry you at least. The water is warm, but it's freezing out. The fox stood up, shook itself, and walked over. It was sort of tiptoeing and was at a diagonal and came closer, but it clearly didn't trust me. It came up to me, and taking the cloth, I began rubbing its back and sides. The fox seemed to like it. It made happy noises and pushed against me. Mmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, right there. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I pulled the cloth away from the fox and put it beneath its belly and ran the cloth back and forth. Hey, hey, what are you doing?、Uh, I'm not sure about this. Go easy. Oh, oh no, that's nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm.、Mm. Uh, oh yeah. It seemed that it was done as it tried to jump out, and I let the fox go. It sat with a plop five feet away and began licking his belly, legs, and paws. It would stop every once in a while and look at me, and then return to cleaning itself. I can still taste the maple syrup. It's quite good. At least I'm not sticky anymore. No, I, I suppose I should be going. Come on, Mo. I untied her from the branch, and I could tell Mo wanted to sniff the fox, so I let her get a little closer. The fox stopped licking and stood and walked over to her. They did that, smelling each other things, circling around. Mo bending down to sniff the fox, and the fox trying to get a whiff of her. I pulled a little on the leash, and Mo stopped and came to heel, but the fox followed her. Nah, she's not a bad girl, that Mo. Is that what you call her?、Uh, yes, she likes the name," said the fox. "No, don't go that way." The fox sat and pointed back where it had come from. There's a trail, just a little ways in. If you follow the feathers, you'll see it.、Um, it'll get you back to the main path quicker than that way that you were going. I've been exploring a bit before today. Okay, thank you. No more traps?、Uh, not for you. If I see that snow hare, tell it from me. They'd better watch out. And what's your name, Brother Fox? I'll tell him, Brother Fox. I'll tell him. The fox took off at a gallop, and I think Mo was half interested in following him. But both of us knew our house was a lot warmer than the woods, so we headed back using the directions the fox gave us. And I told Mo the story of Brother Rabbit and how Brother Fox had tricked him many times, and maybe now it was Fox's turn to be tricked. Mo yipped at the end of the story as we climbed into the car. We didn't see Rabbit or Fox again, so we headed home for treats and snacks, and for me, a cup of hot chocolate. Now I know you've heard Priscilla Howe before on this podcast, and she is a wonderful storyteller, and she's going to tell you our next story. But how many of you have heard of Kanchil, the mouse deer trickster from Indonesia? Well, you're about to. It appears that Kanchil, like me, loves cucumbers, as this story is called Kanchil. Steals the cucumbers. Don't steal, folks. It's wrong. Hi, everybody. It's Priscilla with another bedtime story. I want to tell you a story that's found in Indonesia and Malaysia and the Philippines about a character named Kancil. Kancil 
is a mouse deer. It's about the size of a dog, but it looks a bit like a deer and a bit like maybe a mouse. Conchal is very clever. Conchal also likes cucumbers. Oh, Conchal doesn't just like cucumbers. Conchal loves cucumbers. One day, he saw that the cucumbers were just perfect in the farmer's field. So that night, he went back to the field and he began to eat. He ate the big cucumbers. He ate a few of the medium-sized ones. He even ate a few small cucumbers. He'd eaten so many, he thought he would come back the next night. When the farmer arrived at his field the next day, he saw that his cucumbers had been stolen. But he had an idea who it might be. That conchil, that mouse deer. So the farmer made a kind of scarecrow out of straw and cucumber leaves and sap from the jackfruit tree. Very, very sticky, sticky, sticky sap. He made a scarecrow, and it did look just like a man. He put it right in the middle of the cucumber field. That night, Conchil came back. But he saw that the farmer was still in the field, so he waited. And he waited. And he waited. But that man didn't move. That scarecrow didn't move. So Conchil came up, and he pushed that scarecrow with one hoof. And the hoof stuck to the scarecrow. So Conchil took his other front hoof, and he kicked that scarecrow with that foot, and that foot stuck. What could Conchil do? He tried kicking with the back foot, and that stuck. And he kicked with the other back foot, and that stuck, and he was well and truly stuck. That sticky sap held him tight. And that's where he was in the morning when the farmer came back. The farmer said, Oh, ho, 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 I knew I'd catch you. And he took Conchil and washed off the sap, but put Conchil in a cage outside his house. Then the farmer went into the house. He said to his wife, I've caught the mouse deer. I think we should eat him. Could you cook up some tasty sauces? We'll roast him. Conchil heard this. He was in that cage, and he didn't know what to do. Usually, Conchil got in and out of trouble pretty quickly. But he thought this might be the end. And along came the dog. The dog looked at Conchil in the cage. Whoa! Well, what are you doing in the cage? Did you you got caught by the farmer? What happened? Did you, did you do something bad? Conchal said, Me? Do something bad? No, I didn't do anything bad. No, I didn't. In fact, the farmer has decided to have me as a pet. And in fact, the farmer is going to have a big party for me. If you look in the door, you'll see that the farmer's wife is preparing some lovely sauces for the party. The farmer is going to keep me as his favored pet. Whoa, whoa. Uh, the farmer never gave me a party. The f- farmer doesn't even really like me very much. Uh, he's going to give you a party? He's going to keep you as his favored pet? Oh. Concho said, I tell you what, why don't we trade places? You get in this cage, and the farmer will come along, and he'll give the party for you. Well, you would woof, 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 you would do that for me? Concha said, yes, I would do that for you. You can unlatch the cage, can't you? And the dog unlatched the cage. The mouse deer came out and the dog went in and the mouse deer locked the cage back up. Then the mouse deer, Concha, ran off. 
The dog was waiting patiently. When the farmer came back, the dog wagged his tail. But the farmer said, What are you doing? What are you doing in the cage? I can't believe it. That mouse deer got the best of me. And he opened the cage and the dog ran away because he knew that the farmer was angry and he didn't want to be around that. The farmer never did catch Concho. The mouse deer always finds his way out of trouble. Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Before you leave this podcast, Rachel Ann asked me to mention mine, smilinsimon.podbean.com. I've recently put up three short episodes of young person sci-fi story about a farmer, a cow, and some aliens. It's silly bedtime stuff if you're interested. So that's smilinsimon.podbean.com. Smiling without a G, just so that you know. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed Lord Tim and Barbara. Show the love, find their work online, and tell them that you heard them on this podcast. And now you want to hear them tell more tales. Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? You can also connect with me at Simon M. Brooks on Instagram and also check out hashtag In the Woods with Mo. And on Facebook and my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me. And please do let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows, maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor came from my strange little mind. The inspiration for the true fairy tale came from my meandering imagination. Shh, I was one of those kids in class. You know, those kids? I can't tell you which kind of kids, but I was one of them. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or write a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you heard this podcast because that helps story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.